Hey everyone, welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper. Today we are back with Callan, Reno, and Matt, and today we're talking about boundaries. So let's just jump right in. Matt, what, uh, what are your thoughts on this topic? Okay, so boundaries. Um, this is definitely the area of, for me, that I'm focusing on in 2020 because boundaries has been something that I've struggled with most of my life. Um, I think it all kind of stems back from when, like growing up gay, not really accepting myself and feeling a lot of shame for being gay. I, I developed like a people pleaser um, mechanism inside of me. I never wanted to make uh, people uncomfortable. I never wanted to disappoint people or let people down. And then from that, I kind of developed this inability to set boundaries with people because I was ultimately worried about rejection and disappointing people and people not liking me. Because what that would do is it would play off of <clears throat> it would play off of my own shame, and when people would reflect back to me that they didn't like me, it would I didn't really have a sense of of strong self worth within myself. So then I would take it on as that I wasn't worthy or or whatever. So I really avoided setting boundaries with people, um, specifically like my parents. Um, I went for a long time in my life without getting my needs met because I didn't set boundaries. And this really played into my intimate relationships. And I really realized this over the course of the last you know, five years that um, my inability to set boundaries really played into um, things like career burnout, um, not getting my needs met in relationships, uh, compromising my values, uh, things like that. So I, I wanted to talk about this today because I wanted to hear from you know, the, my other panel mates about what they do, how they set boundaries and how they've kind of overcome um, their own fears around maybe rejection because this this really builds off of what we talked about last week in rejection because we we a lot of us we don't set boundaries because we're afraid of rejection so um yeah i'm just excited to dig into this topic today cool well i think i kind of have an opposite um approach of how my rejection and all that stumbled into setting boundaries i do more of the extreme and I'm actually really good at setting boundaries. Like I have a really high um, threshold of like, nope, this is where I am. And if you're not willing to meet me here, then that's on you. It's not on me. And I guess I never really thought about it being people pleaser-y because I thought in my head, I was like, if I'm setting this boundary for this person, then they know exactly where I am. And maybe mine came from more of a space of like, I like clarity and I like things to be clear and I like everything to kind of be on the table so I know where everybody sits. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could never control other people in the way that they approach that. But as long as I'm being um, upfront and like letting everybody know the deal upfront, then they can then figure out how to interact with me. And I, I feel like if we all had kind of a better sense of those boundaries of like, this is a non-negotiable, this is who I am, this is part of me, and we all just kind of let those things um, sit up at the top instead of like keeping those down and pushing those down and treating them like they're shameful. And then you lead into things like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but because I feel shame for having this boundary, I'm just gonna do it anyways, even though you, you could have just been up front and been like, I'm not really interested in that. Like FOMO right. and like the fear of missing out on all these things, people get so wrapped up in like, oh, but I'm missing something or whatever. But if you set those clear boundaries for yourself, I don't get FOMO. I maybe I used to when I was a bit younger, but now I'm like, no, because I know what my boundaries are. Like if we're 
going out and having an enjoyable evening. I no longer want to stay out until two, three in the morning. I want to get home at like a reasonable time. And like midnight, maybe one is pushing it, but those are my boundaries. And regardless, the friends are like, oh no, come on, just stay for one more drink or just, you know, stay for this or that or the other. I know within myself and they know because I've set up that healthy boundary of like, no, it's cool guys. I love you. You love me. And I'm going to go home and it's not going to affect whether you love me anymore or whether you feel disrespected. It's because I've set those boundaries up front. So it's a healthier connection to everybody instead of Mm. setting up those unrealistic expectations of like, Oh, well, I'll just go with it and go with it. And then once you decide to step into yourself, that's when people are like, Oh, you're changing. You're becoming a different person. So it sets you up for more success if you set those healthy boundaries up front as opposed to later when you're trying to shift and change because that's when people kind of crab you and try and pull you back down to where they're like, no, but this isn't who you are. And it's like, it is. I just didn't tell you who I authentically was. And I found I have a lot less, like a lot less um, rubbing against if I'm clear up front. And I avoid a lot of those uncomfortable conversations or a lot of those unnecessary situations because I'm upfront about it. Um, But also people think sometimes it comes across as like too confident or cocky or this, that, and the other. And from my side, I would rather let you know who I am up front, all of it. And so that way you build a genuine, authentic relationship with who I really am, instead of putting on those masks that we were talking about last week and being like, oh, no, I just want you to like this mask, but later I'm going to become my real self. Totally. I think that uh, you brought up a good point about boundaries or I think more about honoring who you are and then honoring what your values are and then being in alignment with them. And then other people will treat you the way you set it up. Right. And that's, that's a lot about what boundaries are for me. I do relate to the people pleasing though, because for most of my life, I'm going to say the reason I had such issues with boundaries is because I was a people pleaser. So I needed the boundaries, but it was myself who was, sort of saying yes to things I wouldn't want to do and then resenting it and then resenting the people, even though I was the one who was just saying yes to things again, just, you know, uh, to fit in or, or whatever that may be. So I've learned a lot about boundaries, again, being more about me, uh, respecting my own values, less about trying to control other people around me. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with my mom like some time ago, and uh, I asked her about boundaries and she said to me, she's like, yeah, you, you didn't learn boundaries because I didn't have any. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. It all makes sense now. Um, so in some ways, I feel like I had kind of established my own, but I also think in a lot of ways, I didn't understand them. And the way that I learned boundaries was by people crossing them, basically. Like, crossing boundaries I didn't know I had, right? And sort of um, um, pushing edges that I wasn't okay with. And I think gradually over time, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel good, so that's a hard no. You know, this doesn't feel good, so that's also a hard no. And eventually I sort of developed this clarity around um, what boundaries looked like for me. And... um, I think they've evolved over time. Um, I, there's, there's a fluidity about me, I think, overall, just in general. I, my, my boundaries tend to be um, bendy in some ways, or like circumstantial, I think. Um, but 
what I recognize is that as I've developed uh, a stronger and more connected relationship with myself and, um, and really gotten to know myself and what I'm for and what I'm not for, uh, that has really allowed me to, to embody a certain dignity um, that allows me to stand in my boundaries as I set them, to stand in my nose as, as I, you know, as I set them and recognize them. That's been really powerful. And one of the most significant, you know, relationships where boundaries, I think, became the most powerful and the most challenging was in relation to my mom. I had a friend call me up one day and I was shocked. She said to me, um, she goes, what do you know about boundaries? And like, like how, do you, how do you set boundaries? And I said, I'm intrigued that you're calling me to ask me. And she's like, well, you seem like someone who just is really great at creating boundaries. And I was like, wow, it didn't occur to me that that was true. And then what clicked for me was that when it comes to my mother, I have trouble setting boundaries. Right? Everyone else, I've sort of got the hang of it at this point. But with her, um, you know, for example, like taking a call when it wasn't a yes for me or um, spending time in an energetically de-energizing conversation or dialogue or experience or something like that, right? Knowing full well that in my body, like it's a no, right? So it's things like that that I had to learn. And I think over time, the pain just became greater and greater. And I got to a point, you, you sort of inevitably get to a point where you're like, yeah, no, no, like this isn't going to work anymore, you know? And so um, that's really how I've learned over time is by having those boundaries pushed and broken and, and like not knowing what they are to begin with, but then being like, oh, okay, cool. That's a boundary. Yeah. yeah. I relate so strongly to what you're saying, Reno, because I've, I've had an experience in the last few years where I've really learned to, well, I learned first of all that I was crossing my own boundaries. And I think this is a big thing that a lot of people aren't, they don't really realize that they're doing is crossing their own boundaries. And I've had this like, this dichotomy inside of me for so long where like my mind wants one thing, my body wants another. And it's been like my, my process of authenticity and alignment has been about moving towards what my body wants and less about what my mind wants. And being in fitness and nutrition and using shame and perfectionism as, as my main motivators to change myself, I developed, um, I developed like almost like a, a mechanism inside my mind that my mind became like the bully to my body, pushing it through hard workouts, doing things that I didn't want to do. And I had a, over the course of the last few years, I've really kind of stepped into my body and I've, I've been aligned with, the intelligence of my body and the truth of my body and what it wants. And that has been a big factor in me being, because if we need to know what we want and what we need in order to set boundaries to protect that. Right. And I, so I had an interesting experience. I'll share a juicy story with you guys because um, I'm, I'm not a big hookup kind of guy. Okay. Um, I used to be a big hookup kind of guy, but then I kind of started moving into developing. I wanted to find other ways of connecting with people. Um, more intimate ways. So anyways, I, le I left for Asia. I was in um, Thailand. And I at this point, I, I hadn't had scruff or grind or anything like that for almost five years. I just was wasn't never on them. I, they, they just weren't aligned to me. But when I got over there, I was really curious. I was like, Oh, I want to like, you know, see what kind of people are, are here and everything. So I downloaded scruff. 
and I ended up meeting this guy. He was really cute. And I was like, okay, my body knew that it didn't want to have this type of interaction. Okay. But I wasn't fully listening to my body at this point yet. I hadn't learned the skill. I hadn't mastered it. So my mind was like, oh yeah, you know, like let's do this, pursue him. So I went and picked him up on my bike and then um, brought him back to my house. And um, again, there was this, this anxiety inside of me and it was like, trying to scream to me like don't do this you're gonna regret it so of course I didn't listen so I went went ahead with it we we ended up having sex and um it just felt so wrong for me because it was like I wasn't listening and I wasn't aligning to to what my body wanted and in, in a sexual encounter for me my body is having the experience not my mind right? So it was such a betrayal for me to, I, I betrayed myself. I crossed my own boundaries. And um, it was really fascinating what I went through for about a week after this, this hookup. I felt very depressed. I went into a really dark hole. I felt extremely depressed. And I realized um, that I had to change the pace to which I was pursuing men, or, 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 any, or, or interactions with men, because I tend to go at a, at a very heady pace. My head always wants to have momentum behind things, but my body likes to go at a nice slow pace where it can get to know and get familiar with the energy that which I'll be connecting with. And so this depression was this inconsistency and this, this, this misalignment between my head and my heart almost. And I, I spent that week really just digging into like, what is this about? I was very unsure about what it was. And as I started to work with it, I realized that this is my body trying to speak to me through anxiety, through depression, through these, these experiences that I was having. So um, from that point forward, and, and, and still to this, this day, I, I, treat, I treat encounters, intimate encounters, whether it be sex or platonic or whatever, um, like... I did when I was in like grade seven, <laughs> you know, like very slow, very, a, a pace that feels safe for me. It's about safety. Right. And I completely betrayed my own sense of safety in that experience. So it was a huge learning for me. And now I'm like, I'm learning how to implement boundaries when it comes to those types of encounters, whether it be sexual or intimate or, or anything like that, I have to check in with my body first and then uh, proceed, not my mind. My mind's always been the one that's won, but now I'm, I'm leading with my body. It's, it's funny when you, like, hearing you talk about the body, I'm reminded of this exercise um, that they, they'll sometimes facilitate in, like, these, um, like, physical intimacy, uh, we'll call them workshops or play shops or whatever you want to call them, but... Um, um, the, the way it works basically is like, and you guys might have done this before, but you, you sort of focus on the region of the hand and the, and the sort of forearm. And the idea is that you're, you're touching your partner's hand and arm, and it's up to them to communicate whether they want like harder or softer touch, or whether they want like a deeper massage or something more gentle, you know, or whether they like something in particular or not and communicating that. And I was kind of thinking about like, like how, how do you create, you know, how does a person create boundaries? And I think like, that's another powerful way. I think it's just like exploring what are your edges? You know, what do you yes for? What do you know for? You know? Yeah. I have such a story, such a story to go with this. So <laughs> as you were talking uh, about like the touch and, 
and all of that. I was thinking of um, this recent kind of like person that I was dating and getting to know and we were getting to know each other. Things were progressing, but you know, with everything going on in the world today, we weren't being physically together. We were doing it more online and then we were finally going for walks and that kind of a thing. And I'm a very feel touchy person. Like my number one love language is physical touch. Like it doesn't mean that I'm in love with you. It just means that that's part of how I show caring and kindness and I like to hug people. And so this has been a difficult time for me because of that. And so we were finally going for a walk and it wasn't like the first or second, but like we finally went for this walk and like I reached over and grabbed his hand and like we were walking and then like he like took his hand away and then I, and then we didn't talk about it per se, but it was kind of like, oh, you know, um, with everything that was going on, it was kind of played off in like a coronavirus way and not in a, I don't have, like, I'm not comfortable that way. And so because I'm so upfront and communicating, it's like, okay, well, I clearly am in that space. So when you're in that space, cool. And then things progressed and eventually got to a place where I thought things were going in a good direction and they were uncomfortable, but because they had never verbally said, this makes me uncomfortable, or this is where I'm at, they just were like, oh, I assumed you could tell by my body language or that, you know, I would drop your hand or, or that I would like not hang around you physically and I would leave whenever you got touchy-feely. I thought that you knew that I wasn't interested or that I wasn't in that space. And in my head, I went, I thought that you just needed time to warm up to it because it makes you uncomfortable, but you were trying to push through those boundaries. And so because I had communicated my side of it, they never communicated their boundaries and they got frustrated about the fact that I didn't understand their side. Like, Oh, you should know, like my, my, my physical things should have told you. And I was like, to me, again, I go back to clarity is kindness. You were never clear with it and you weren't verbalizing it. So how can I know? Because none of us are mind readers. The only way we can be clear with our boundaries is if we're honest and upfront about it. And they were like, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings or I didn't want to make it uncomfortable. And I was like, the, the idea that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings by being your honest, true and authentic self is in my mind, a sad truth that we are dealing with in the world. But if people understood that it, by being your true and honest self, if the other person is supposed to be reciprocal to it, they will be. And that those, that person's emotions and their reaction is not your responsibility. As long as you're going at it with kindness and openness and you're like, Hey, this is just my boundary. Everything should be fine. But because that wasn't there, it, everything did not work out fine. So it, it did end up in more of a, like a, a hurt situation because by the time everything built up and it got to this place where they finally said all of this stuff, it had already been like months later. And in my head, I'm like, had you just told me from the get go and had you just been upfront with me with like, Hey, I need to take things super slow and um, I'm not into physical touch. Like that could grow, but like it does make me uncomfortable. I could work with that, but because I didn't have anything to work with, I was also going off my own assumptions that it's like, okay, this is fine. This is just him warming up to it. This is just him kind of getting used to it. Um, 
But like the communication is so key from my side of creating those healthy boundaries that it's like, if you aren't upfront about it, if something makes you uncomfortable, say something. And it's not your responsibility to worry so much about how the other person's going to react because that's part of creating those healthy boundaries. Because if you are honest and genuine about it and just, hey, this isn't okay with me, then it's then up to them to go, okay, I respect you. And if they don't and they freak out, well, then that tells you a lot about that person. And then you can assess, okay, do I even want to get to know this person now that they can't even handle that? So those healthy boundaries up front are so important for, for me and how I work with things. But it's like physical touch. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I want to piggyback on that real quick. I'm like itching to piggyback on that. <laughs> for me, when you were speaking, was like this. So the thought was um, the, our capacity for boundaries and the strength of our boundary, boundaries is directly proportionate to our our ability to or capacity to tell the truth and then to sit with and 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 be with the the um the energy that follows the emotion that follows because i think this is one of the reasons why people struggle with boundaries so much is because like well part of it is they don't know they have them to begin with but then i think you know, it's like we're afraid to tell the truth because we're afraid of what will happen when we tell the truth. And then we tell the truth and we feel this big energy, this big new energy and expansion. And we're like, oh shit, oh shit. And so what we tend to do is we'll either abort because we anticipate what's going to happen when we set the boundary or, you know, we sometimes will set the boundary and then we won't honor it because we're afraid to feel the feelings, right? And we make these big stories about it. So uh, you know, one of the things I'm realizing as we're having this conversation is like, you know, truth and boundaries are so closely connected or honesty, as you said, Carolyn, right? Um, and then, yeah, just, I think emotional intelligence, just being able to sit with and be with and breathe into and expand into the feelings associated with telling the truth, you know, yeah. And communicating is a big part of that because you have to be able to express it in a way that doesn't really have all the drama in it. Just basically say, hey, here's my boundary. Nothing against you. You as a person are great, but this is just what I'm comfortable with or not comfortable with. And I think when you can have the maturity, what you're saying, Reno, to um, actually have that conversation up front, it saves everyone involved a lot of time. Um, I have a very good friend who's been a friend of mine for 15 years. She's one of my closest friends. And somewhere in the last couple of years, I really started feeling like drifting from her. And sitting with it, I kind of realized that most of our friendship had been based on us both uh, gossiping and shit-talking other people. And at some point in my evolution, I guess, it just started to feel not good uh, in my body. And so I'm like, why? Like, I love her. She's great and all these things. And, and once I realized it, I sat her down. I was like, listen, I know that we're going to have this, you know, wonderful time today, but I would like to try not to talk about anyone else. And it was actually really hard for both of us because our entire relationship had been based on this. That's what we do. We just talk about other people. And once we set that, or once I set that boundary saying, listen, it's not something I really want to participate in anymore. Our friendship kind of dissolved a little bit like it's still there but it's not nearly as strong but I don't feel bad about it and I don't think she does either because 
we both know that, okay, this is something she needs to, to, I guess, connect with people. It's not something that I need to connect with people. But again, it's sort of like, no one is mad at each other. We're just like, okay, people grow and evolve and this is the boundary now. If we had maybe something else to, you know, uh, build a friendship off of, that would be great because then it can kind of take another turn. But as it turns out, there wasn't much else there besides uh, connecting over gossiping, which is not something I really want to do. Mm. One of the, the things that um, you said that, that resonated with me was around how communication and the delivery of the boundary, because I think as, I, as I'm getting better at setting boundaries, I'm realizing that it's important to set them right away, because what ends up happening is you accumulate this resentment and this energy inside of you, and then suddenly your boundary has a tone of, of um, fierceness, or like you said, drama or aggression, when if you set it right away, it's just going to be light and fluffy and you're just letting somebody know like this is, this isn't something that feels aligned to me. Right. And they're way more likely to receive it in, in that sense. Um, and then I wanted to build off of what Reno said about, about touching because um, another cool experience that I had when I was in Chiang Mai was I went to something called a cuddle party and my friend introduced me to this, this term. I had never even heard of it. And immediately when she said, do you want to come to this cuddle party with me? I got like intense anxiety and I was like, what is this about? So I kind of was like, I want to like, like lean into this and see what this is about. So I sat on it for a week. The first one went by, didn't go. Cause I was like, yeah, right. I'm like, I could never do something like that. And then the second week comes by and I'm like, okay, I'm going to think I'm going to give it a try. So I went and I'm sitting in this room and it seemed like everybody was just so chill. And I was the only one like so anxious. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to let people touch me that I don't know. You know what I mean? And, uh, but it was really cool because it was like a four hour workshop. And basically what you do is you, you're, you're practicing um, consent boundaries and what you do the initial two hours, if there's no cuddling, you're basically playing with your boundaries and you're playing with other people's boundaries. So one of the exercises that we did was we, we practiced saying yes, we practiced saying no, and we practiced saying maybe. And basically you, you have someone across from you and they ask you without touching you, they say, can I touch your arm? You say, you, you have to say yes in your first, in the first round, even if you're, it's not aligned to you. And the whole purpose of this activity is to feel the misalignment in your body when you say yes, when you actually mean no. And for me, this was so powerful because I was like, holy crap, like there's, there's some really interesting people in here and we had to keep rotating partners. And I'm like, I don't want this person to touch me, but I have to tell them that I want them to touch me, you know? And then it was the opposite, but it was, it was interesting because what came up for me is I, 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 I cuddled, I ended up cuddling with like a woman who was around 55 and then I cuddled with three girls. We had like kind of a sandwich and, um, but I didn't cuddle with any guys. And I, what I found when I was in the room was a lot of the guys, I could feel this closure energy around what, I don't know if it was me, if I was projecting it or if it was coming at me, but it was, and I think some of it was me, I'll, I'll own it, but because I think I knew they were heterosexual and I didn't want to impose my sexuality on them, which is so fascinating because this is something I struggled with my whole life is awkwardness around uh, straight men. And that, that actually kind of set me up to really start to question this. And then I ended up connecting with this guy named Neil on my, my trip. And he's now one of my best friends and he's a heterosexual guy, but he's so safe in his experience with other people and his, in his experience with his own sexuality that it allowed us to form like a bromance, a really cool friendship. And it's actually my first 
deep friendship with a heterosexual male. And um, so, yeah, so it was, it was really cool how it, it, I kind of was able to um, have that experience with playing with boundaries and consent and, and how it opened up um, some doors for me to be able to do that, not just in the, in the workshop setting, but in other areas of my life. Wow, that's wild. I've heard of cuddle parties before, but I've never been to cuddle parties. But every time I'm with like, even my own friends or just like in my life, I am a touchy person and I love cuddling in general. So yeah. I'm always just like, if you want to cuddle, we can totally cuddle. <laughs> and it's, I, 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 maybe I'm really good at separating sexual energy and just like loving, caring energy because my love language is physical touch. And I just, I just love cuddling and giving love to somebody that doesn't need to get misconstrued or anything. It's just, it is what it is. Or like having the arms around the shoulders or like long extended ridiculous hugs. I love those. And like my roommate, oh, my roommate, when I used to live in the Middle East in Dubai, it was this running joke that like, we were training him how to hug because he was one of these, like he'd hug you for like a second and it would be kind of like one arm around and then be like, okay, run away. And <laughs> we were both gay. Like everybody in the apartment was gay. And it was like this running joke that me and our other friend, this girl, we would joke about it because me and her would get together and it would just be like this, like a giant hug. Cause we wouldn't see each other for weeks and it'd be like, ah, this is so nice. It was so beautiful just like because we were so comfortable in it and comfortable in ourselves to sit with it. But then with him, he would be like, uh, uh, this is uncomfortable. Uh, uh, and we'd be like, no, we're teaching you that like it can be comfortable. You just need to learn like, why are you uncomfortable? You need to ask those questions of yourself as to like, why is this uncomfortable? And I don't know what ever ran through his head, but for me, it was just like, oh, I love this person as who they are it doesn't mean it's sexual or anything, but I find that a lot of people who do get that uncomfortable, maybe they're having thoughts of like, oh, are they taking this as sexual? Am I putting myself out there as sexual? Because I mean, he was an attractive person. So maybe he's had those reactions where it's just like, oh, this is uncomfortable because I'm not attracted to this person. And, but it's so strange, the psychology of like touching and, and cuddling and having all those things because I I'll cuddle with anybody and everybody. I'm a cuddle monster. I'm a cuddle fiend. And so, but it is interesting to hear that there's a party where you have to actually actively work through that. I would be so interested in like having, I mean, in today's world right now, it's not going to be a thing, but uh, it would be so interesting to be able to do that and like to see the energies and to like work through that and talk through that and be like, why do you feel uncomfortable? Where is it sitting in your body? What's going on with you? Ask those questions of yourself. And I think this also just leads into people um, maybe don't spend enough time getting to know themselves. And you, in order to have these healthy boundaries, in order to have these um, healthy relationships, you need to be willing to have those conversations with yourself and to know yourself. And I find a lot of people are nervous um, to get to know themselves because I think it's kind of a scary thing for people. So if they don't get to know themselves, how can they set up those healthy boundaries? Right. Or they find that they, they want to know themselves by other people's experience of them. So they give away that power to somebody else and say, I will know myself through your eyes rather than through my own. And that's where a lot of the people pleasing, I think, comes into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Um, 
yeah, I've never had the experience where I've wanted to get to know myself through somebody else's eyes, maybe, I guess. Um, I was always so focused on getting to know myself through my own eyes and diving deeper into me and why do I have these reactions? Why am I right. feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Um, that it was never a focus on like, well, what do other people, I mean, there is the thought of like, how do other people perceive me? And I got to a space where it was like, okay, as long as I'm being my true and authentic self and it's not hurting anybody, they can perceive me however they want to perceive me. Do I want them to perceive me as like a nice, cool guy? Sure. But I, that's not my, that's not my right to tell them or to choose for them. I just have to be me in hopes that they do like that. And if they don't, you know, not everybody's going to like you 100% of the time. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the mechanism of the ego. Like the, one of the structures of the ego is to allow us to experience ourselves through the eyes of others, right? Because we're constantly being mirrored back to us, how people perceive us, what they think about us, our reputation, we're concerned about other people, right? That's, and our, our ego is the, is the, the fear-based mechanism that tells us we should fear judgment. We should, we should have to people please so we don't disappoint people. And, and, and for me, that's been my journey as boundaries is really getting out of my head and into my heart where I can lead with, with my alignment and the truth of who I am, which is my authenticity. So being authentic is really, it's helping me set boundaries like you wouldn't believe because I know what I'm protecting. And I think boundaries for me is almost kind of like it's without self-worth, it's really hard to have boundaries because you're not quite sure what you're protecting. Right. And when you, you have boundaries to set up this fence around you so you can protect the worthiness of who you are, your value. And I always say that boundaries are kind of like um, us teaching people how to treat us because we need to, we need to teach other people how to treat us. But when we're misaligned to that is when we're treating ourselves poorly, but yet we expect other people to treat us well, because there's an energetic exchange in boundaries as well that you, people pick up on how you treat yourself energetically. And that sets the tone for how they're going to treat you. So it's always like start to have better language with yourself and how you treat yourself and energetically people will feel that. And then they'll be like, wow, this person's valuable, right? You're teaching them how much value you bring to them. And uh, it's quite a beautiful exchange. I think the other thing too, on that note, is that what we, what we don't realize is that like one of, one of my favorite lines, I never forgot this. Um, children don't do what we say, they do what we do. And I remember hearing that and <clears throat> this totally applies to adults because I see adults as big kids, right? We're all just like big kids. It's basically mm -hmm. stuff, right? um, and so I was thinking about that phrase in relation to what you were just saying, Matt, and how um, we're also teaching other people how to treat themselves and each other, you know, and that's a big thing. Like when I model strong, clear, um, dignified, healthy, honest boundaries, I'm demonstrating to um, the people around me, whoever they are, like what that looks like, why it's important, you know, and, and how to model it. So uh, this whole notion of like authenticity and truth telling um, and, and as it pertains to boundaries, I think is, it's like, it's so much bigger than just us. And I think that's really cool as well. Um, because if we understand that, then I don't know, we're simultaneously a teacher and a student all at once. And I think there's something really, really beautiful about that. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm also aware of that when I'm moving through life in a dignified manner. You know, I know people are paying attention to me. I know people are watching. I know people are listening. And I'll, I'll acknowledge that there is a performative aspect to my, my, um, my being, you know, um, and my being here. Like, I, I enjoy sort of being this um, performative individual in some capacity, right, and, and having an audience. And, and I think with that, I'm, I'm aware that people are going to look to me to determine how they model their own version of that authenticity, that honesty, those boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. That yeah. reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is be the change you want to see in the world. Because it's like, if you want to see that change, you have to first be that change so that people can look to you and see what you're doing. And if you're willing to stand up and be the leader, or, or as Brene Brown says, if you're willing to stand in the arena, people are gonna throw whatever they want at you. But if you're standing there, you can go, I know I'm here and I'm doing the work. So I love that, that's awesome. And there's like a whole deeper conversation, I think in that regard too, because you know, I think it was Matt who was talking about self-esteem, right? Um, and that in and of itself is like a big conversation. You know, how, how do we, what is self-esteem? How do we establish it? How do we develop it? How do we identify it? Um, but I, I, I see a relationship again between like self-esteem and truth-telling, you know? I think our, 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 our self-esteem again, um, and, and the relationship between that and authenticity has a lot to do again with our willingness to like stand in our honesty and our truth and the energy of that, you know? So um, I, I feel like that's how my self-esteem has grown. Those moments where I'm afraid that if I embody my truth or, my, or I speak my truth, I won't be liked, right? People won't like me or I'll get rejected or, you know, or someone will say no where I want to yes or something like that, right? Um, what I'm realizing is that as I as I've continued over the years to just like show up in that discomfort and be with it, um, my self-esteem has grown, you know, and now people look at me and they celebrate how, how much I respect myself and how, how clear my boundaries are. But again, like it took a lot of shit to get there, you know? Um, and I can totally relate to what Matt was saying uh, earlier about like, even in, in the gay community and queer culture, like, you know, the, the, the whole hookup stuff, right? And me saying yes in situations where I was like, ah, this doesn't feel good. Like, why, why am I still here? Why did I even show up to begin with? I knew it was a no before I even got here. And then I'm in this situation and I'm just kind of allowing it to go on. I'm like, what, you know? But then, then I feel like shit after. And I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe I won't do that again. Or maybe I will. And next time it'll suck even more but eventually I'll get it, you know, and that's how boundaries are formed. Right? Right. So, yeah. But it doesn't always also like have to be the extreme of like every time you go for a hookup or you have that experience, it's going to be bad. Like I've had many experiences where I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was, I was consciously going into it. I know who I am. I know what my boundaries are. And I set those up at the beginning and the other person was extremely reciprocal to them and like felt the exact same. And it was this honest, genuine connection everybody knew what the deal was and like it was just a beautiful experience so it's it's not going to happen every time but if you go into it and you know because more often than not for myself 
I've had amazing experiences, whether that be they go on for an extended period of time or whether they were like hook up one night stands. The majority of my experiences that I've personally had, I've enjoyed more or less like 95% of them because I did that work to get to know what my boundaries were and to get to know myself so that when I do go and I meet these people and hang out with them, if I get there in the energy, like the physical energy, because online and in person can be different, I'm also strong enough in myself to go, hey, this was really great online, but in person I'm not feeling it and it might suck it might be uncomfortable but I challenge myself every time to follow through with that because I do really focus on like what Matt says listening to my body and if my body's saying no I follow through with that but most of the time I've done that groundwork and laid everything out and I'm like cool this is a yes I feel great about it but I also give the other person the opportunity and to check in with them which also takes like ownership and responsibility of yourself of being like you know that's um uh, just like being like, hey, are you still feeling this? Are you interested in this? Are you feeling these vibes? Because sometimes even just giving that opportunity to somebody and saying, hey, are you still feeling this? I've had times where we're, where they're like, not really. And I'm like, cool, that's totally fine. And they've left feeling more empowered and more happy and then messaged me later and was like, I've never had that experience before where somebody like allowed me to be authentic and like allowed me to say no. And it's like, that's an important thing of consent. Like this is the consent culture we need to start teaching where it's like, even though you've gotten to that point right before, you still need to give that space and say, hey, I know that we both knew what the deal was about coming over. We met on whatever app or whatever, but is this still something you want to do? Because if not, that's okay. And then they, if they can be there like, you know what, I'm really not feeling that and I'm in this other space and I just thought I needed this, but really I don't. Or they can be like, I want to do this even more now because I really am enjoying this energy that you're throwing out to me. Of course, you know, we ourselves in this chat group, we've had, you know, the personal development stories to get there, but other people just haven't been given those tools in order to really understand, but they can still comprehend the, the deeper meaning and energy behind that. And so if we can teach that to others around that consent and around that energy, then that would in and of itself help start teaching people about their boundaries and that it's okay to have them. Yeah. There's two things that came out of what you said that I want to touch on. And um, the first is having difficult conversations. This is setting boundaries can feel really awkward. Okay. And there can be some weird shit that comes out of that. And you just have to accept that. Like <clears throat> a guy comes over to your house and he doesn't, the energy doesn't feel good. What are you, you're just going to go forward and have sex with this person where it doesn't feel good. No, we need to set the boundary. We need to let them know that this doesn't feel right. And yes, it can cause uncomfortability. It can cause hurt feelings and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you're not abandoning yourself. And like Callan said, you're aligning to the authenticity of who you are. And this is the valuable lesson I'm learning. And um, I think for me, I kind of went at it backwards. I, I needed trial and error to learn what I need. And whereas Callan seemed like he aligned to himself and then went and pursued what he needed. And I think I didn't learn that. I, and again, I relate to Reno, whereas I didn't learn boundaries. My, neither of my parents set boundaries. It was so foreign to me. So I had to go through these experiences where I gave up my body when I didn't want to. And, um, but whether you do it, it doesn't matter which way you do it. It's, it's about really grounding into the now and, and, and saying, is this something that I want? And just don't be afraid to have those conversations that 
uh, might feel uncomfortable because like Helen said, they'll be, they'll be empowering at the end. You go through the awkwardness and then at the end, you're left standing in your truth, your confidence and feeling empowered. And that's such a beautiful stance to be in. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's looking for a resource, um, I think, I think I might've actually mentioned this uh, book to you, Matt, before, but there's a book out there called The Art of Extreme Self-Love by Cheryl Richardson. And I know yeah. that one of my friends, um, she really had a problem with saying no or to like really understanding herself. And she went and she read this book and she said it completely changed her perspective. And I mean, there's going to be a learning curve of like, you're going to start saying no to everything because like it's that new energy. But then eventually you do find that balance where it's like, is, is this sitting well or is this not sitting well? But yeah, I, I highly suggest anybody who needs like physical material and they like reading to go and check out Cheryl Richardson's book just because I know it's a phenomenal um, piece around this topic of setting boundaries and to have healthy boundaries and that self-love and going through all that. And I, I just want to say another thing too that occurred to me as you were speaking on that note, which is like thinking about things like cuddle parties or, you know, the, 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 the resource that you just described, like there are so many different options out there as far as, and, and ways that we can make the exploration of boundaries like safe and, and, and to some degree, like, like pleasurable, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be grueling. It doesn't have to be painful. I think, you know, um, like, like Matt had mentioned, you know, things like cuddle parties or, Participating in things like authentic relating. I know they have different um, groups and things like that in different cities, right? Looking up things like authentic relating or even, you know, sitting down with um, someone you trust and someone you're close to and just having a conversation about boundaries. Like what does, you know, what, what does, um, what, what do boundaries mean to you? And what do boundaries look like to you? And, um, you know, what are some times when you feel like your boundaries have been crossed? And what are some times where you feel like you really showed up and honored your boundaries, right? Um, what did boundaries look like for you as a child? Were they modeled? Were they not, you know? Um, and, and just having these conversations, I think, in safe spaces. And what I really love about um, this space here is that, like, we're, and we're probably not the first people to have this, con this conversation, but I think it's great. It's a great um, catalyst. It's a great galvanizer for this dialogue you know for people to start talking about this and exploring it because um i think across the board it's tricky um but yeah i noticed like definitely in you know in the, in, in the gay community um yeah it's yeah it's tricky i think it's something that's important to be discussed and it's exciting to me that this conversation is happening yeah right i think it's, it's, it's important oh sorry oh i was just gonna say and just to let everybody know next week what we do is we release these videos and then next week we'll be doing a Zoom conversation about it. So we do provide that space for everybody to come together and talk about it. Um, what were you gonna say there, Michael? Um, I was just going to say that I think one of the biggest misconceptions, not only in the gay community, but in general around the conversation of boundaries is that people think that we put boundaries in place to try to control others when in fact it's more about, at the end of the day, empowering ourselves. So even if I establish a boundary to say, hey, you know, stop berating me, um, if they continue to do so, that's their choice. And it's not about trying to get them to stop, it's about, okay, if you keep berating me, I'm going to leave this conversation. And then standing up for yourself and honoring that boundary when it's created. 
Mm -hmm. That's like with disagreements or arguments or fights. I have a boundary that if you are choosing to play into your emotions and get outrageous and get loud and start screaming, my boundary is I'm going to walk away until both of us are at a level head because nothing in my mind constructive can get done when you're screaming and yelling at each other. You have to cool down. You have to relax. You have to think about what just happened and then maybe the next day reapproach it. That's one of the boundaries I have. And I know I've had friends in the past who did not understand that. And they're like, no, you're supposed to yell at each other. This is how things get solved, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that might've been your journey. That might've been what you were taught from your parents. And I wasn't taught any different, but I chose and I learned that there is a different, better way for me. And because this is my boundary, you have to respect that. And if you don't want to respect that, then I can't continue having a friendship with you. But if you do want to learn how to respect that and then have those conversations, cool. Otherwise, this is my boundary. Sorry, bud. <laughs> so what advice would each of you give to someone who's maybe listening to this for the first time and really thinking about their boundaries um, in more of a, a deep way? How would you say, I know that I, I think the way Kellen did it was a bit different from me. I sound a bit more like Matt where I was a people pleaser for so long. Mm -hmm. And from that space, I learned boundaries. So what advice would each of you have for someone exploring this for the first time? I would probably say set time aside each day to just tune into your body. Listen to your body. If you're, if you're really not body aware, I would say start with your extremities, hands and feet. They tingle, they give you feeling and just ask your body questions. I think one of the most important questions when it comes to boundaries and alignment to yourself is, is what do I need right now? Just ask your body that and listen and don't expect it to be like a voice that comes through like your mind does. Just listen to sensation, listen to warmth, listen to constriction, expansion, like these are the, the, the languages that your, your body uses. So just pay attention, even five minutes a day, just tuning into what your body's, uh, what's going on in your body and can go a long way. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I would say have a boundaries buddy. Uh, have somebody who you feel safe with and secure with and that you can kind of have maybe these conversations with. And if you are kind of that pushover type or that yes person type, and you want to start cultivating a better relationship and energy around you, um, even if it's an office person, you're working in an office and you always say yes to this one person and you want to start standing in your power and saying no in a positive way, get a boundaries buddy and, and just talk to them about how you're feeling and what you want to achieve for yourself. And then if they're often in the situation with you where they can see it, you can use them as uh, emotional support being like, oh, I, you know, I can't do that this time or whatever. So that if that other person who's used to you saying yes is thrown off and then they come at you, your support boundaries buddy can, can step in and say, you know, I'm, I support you for, you know, um, standing up for yourself or however that looks for you, but having that support system as well, um, whether that's family, friends, however that looks to you, even in that social circle of friends where you know you're a little bit more of the pushover and you don't enjoy that, your other boundaries friend can be the one who's maybe the louder person who's like, hey guys, like let's leave them alone or you know, build that kind of relationship. So that's gonna be a grow, growth, it's gonna be a growth thing and it's gonna be a journey thing. It's not gonna happen overnight but having that community will really help um, for you to build your own healthy boundaries. Um, I think mine would be to go back and listen to this um, conversation and 
and maybe jot down like some of the questions that I mentioned earlier if, if, if they were missed because I think that's an important part of, of um, this process is self-inquiry, you know? Like I love what was said here and especially, you know, Matt, what you were saying about like checking in with your body and really connecting to it and getting to know it. Like as you were speaking, thinking like, oh, that sounds an awful lot like yoga and meditation, you know? Yeah. But there are so many different practices out there um, that, we can, that we can use to begin to uh, connect to our body and to our mind and sort of experience um, uh, and start to understand the edges, you know? Um, and and um, yeah, the yeses and nos and like ums and ahs, you know, in our body. And like honoring that when it comes up, like, ah, this is, this is a no, this is too much, right? And like honoring that when it occurs or like, ah, this feels really good. And maybe allowing ourselves to expand into greater um, you know, sort of a, a greater sense of pleasure experience. But yeah, yeah self-inquiry, I think, is a big one. Sitting down and going, okay, you know, whether it's in conversation or writing, because I love to talk, right? I love to converse about these things, but I also love to write. So sitting down and, and having a dialogue with oneself or another and just saying like, hey, you know, what are boundaries to you? You know, what do boundaries look like? How are they modeled? What do boundaries feel like? Do you, you know, what does it feel like when you set a boundary? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel contracted? How do you feel in your body? You know, even as we're having this conversation about boundaries and opening them up, like, how do you feel in your body about this word boundaries and the idea of it, right? What are some times when you, when you um, set boundaries or didn't, or you, you felt like your boundaries were overstepped or, you know, and I think as you begin to, to sort of go through that self-inquiry, you start to get a sense of like, um, what boundaries look like for you and what they could look like for you, you know? Mm -hmm. You look to someone who models um, uh, some, some um, embodiment that you aspire to, right? And, and maybe ask them some questions, you know? Like, how do you do what you do? How do you be who you be? Tell me a bit more about that, you know? Yeah. These are all awesome questions that we can uh, ask to the group on Thursday during the Zoom call. Uh, in the Facebook group. So I guess for anyone who is watching this in the Facebook group, join us on the Thursday and we'll set up another Zoom chat to answer all of Reno's amazing questions. Um, do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah. What's your, what's your tip, Michael? Yeah. My tip? Oh, um, I would say knowing your values. So I love the image of your values as being a foundation of a house, your house being you and your life and all the people in it. And the boundaries or your boundaries is the fence, the perimeter surrounding that house. Mm. So without similar to what you're saying that without that sense of self-worth or self-esteem, you're not going to, you can set a boundary, but you're going to fly over it a million times. And also you're not going to understand why you're doing it. Like, what are you protecting? So I would say get aligned with what your values are. And then there's, there's no wrong answer to values. And I think the hardest part is, what are your values, not what are the values you think you should have? Because I fell into that trap as well. Again, I'm like, oh, I should be like this. Or, you know, kindness is a nice one. I'll take that one as a value. But really stepping into finding out who you are and loving that person. And then building your boundaries around that. Nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, the last, uh, I was just going to say real quick. Yeah. The last thing I would say too is like, be kind to yourself throughout this process, right? Like, like, bring bring a bit of grace a bit of kindness to yourself throughout this process because it can be um it can be uncomfortable 
and it can be conflicting and it can be confronting, you know, to go through this process of creating boundaries. And I don't think it's helpful to, to shit on oneself as, as you sort of take self inventory and, and, and realize some things about us in the way or the way we're, we're sort of rigged, our life is rigged and our relationships are rigged. It's like, okay, you know, um, that's there, you know, uh, you didn't know if you did, you know, maybe not, now that you do, you can do differently. So I think just, yeah, be kind to yourself throughout this process. Yeah. Always good advice. Definitely. Well, I just wanted to say for everybody who's out there watching on YouTube, if you like the video, give us a subscribe on YouTube and give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Um, and then if you aren't part of the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook, private Facebook group, please come and join us there. We also share the videos in there and we have a bi-weekly conversation that happens after these videos are released. And then the week after we have a conversation with a larger group so everybody can get in on the conversation and we'd love for you to join that. That link is also gonna be down below in the descriptions and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter and all the other places because we'd love to hear from you and we'd love you to join in on the conversations. Couldn't have said it better myself. What a lovely outro. <laughs> Okay, anything else? All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you in the Zoom Hangout. Bye. Bye. Bye.